super fun. Awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Was that fun or what? This is good. This is good. This is what the church is here to do. Uh, that's $100,000 in two weeks that you guys gave away. That's crazy, okay? We're a year old. Does anybody know that? Does anybody remember that? Well, nobody remembers that anymore. Uh, and there was just so many uh, in the video that you didn't see. Um, uh, like we said, gift cards to foster families. Uh, there were several other churches that we helped supply food to meet the needs of their community. Uh, there was international giving that the Zoom video just didn't work out right, so we weren't able to show that, but blessing organizations in Mexico and in the Philippines. Uh, you guys, because of your generosity, are making a difference in changing people's lives, not only in our community, but in our own congregation, being able to bless your own family members here uh, to serve them in their time of need. And so I, I just can't even say how this is like my favorite part of being a pastor right here, just walking around. I'm like, I'm not a rich guy, but I can act like one. And I can walk around just writing checks for all these people. This is great. Uh, and to be able to bless them in their time of need, like you heard of the, the story of the church planner. His wife gets cancer. His, his son comes eight weeks earlier than NICU for 56 days. Uh, and his oldest kid gets on a bike and gets his head uh, cracked open down inside. Uh, this is all within a few weeks. And you're like, wow, okay, this is a... Uh, this is just crazy. Uh, and so anyways, the Lord has um, been so good to us. We've just constantly thought about how the Lord just wants us to steward. I'm just like, why? The Lord has been so good to this church. And so it's always like, how can we just give everything away? Uh, and so I want to encourage you in light of that, uh, as we continue to press forward to say your generosity creates these kind of realities for people in our community. It allows us to bless our city. It allows us to bless fellow partners in the gospel. It allows us to bless organizations and be a part of changing even the reputation of the church in the name of Jesus Christ in our community. And so it's an amazing thing for us to be able to do. And I just want to encourage you in your generosity and in your giving to say this is what's happening. And so especially now in December, let's go above and beyond. On. Let's set up 2021 really well. Uh, and so next year, maybe we can give away $500,000 in a week uh, and we can really bless and serve our community well. Uh, and so I just want to encourage you in that. And I just really want to say thank you. Thank you for your generosity with your time, with your talents, with your treasures. Thank you for being invested and all in. Thank you for giving what you have, bringing your brick, as we say. You bring your brick and we'll build God's house, right? Nobody wrote that check by themselves. Uh, we all worked on this together. And so just just a reminder for you, bring your brick, bring what you have. If we do that together, what starts as a little becomes a lot. And the Lord's able to use that in bigger ways than you could have imagined or expected. So I hope you're encouraged this morning. I hope you're blessed. It was an amazing time to be able to do that. And I'm glad we're able to record it so you could see it. And we will continue to do more and more of that work to bless our community, serve our city. Uh, we really believe that if we serve our city, God will change it. Amen. Amen. If we serve it, right, God will change it. If we do our part, God will do his part. Uh, and so this is our part. This is what we can do. And as we serve, God will change our city. And we're seeing that happen little by little, day by day, week by week, month by month, and year by year. Uh, and so just a blessing to be a part of that. I hope your heart is encouraged this morning. So we're going to be in Psalm 150 as we close out our series, Psalms of the Season. So open your Bible to Psalm 150. The reason, uh, the, the name of the message this morning is the reason for breathing, all right? The reason for breathing. It's a slant rhyme to make it rhyme, all right? So the reason for breathing. People make fun of me for being Dr. Seuss. I'm just going to own it, and I'm going to keep giving you Dr. Seuss content, all right? So uh, the reason for breathing. Now, I, the reason why we're talking about that, Psalm 150, the last verse says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. 
And so often in Christmas, uh, the Christian thing to say is Jesus is the reason for the season, the reason for the season, which is true, but I wanted to take it one step further. He's not just the reason for the season, he's the reason for breathing. He's the reason for everything, every day. It doesn't matter if it's Christmas, Easter, summer, hot, cold, fall, when, it doesn't matter. Jesus is the reason for breathing. Christmas time, it's not like a snow shovel that you only use once when it snows, you know. Jesus doesn't have just one particular purpose that you pick up. No, this is all the time. Jesus is the reason for breathing. And so I want us to celebrate Christmas with the foundation and the thought of, man, this should be the theme of my everyday life. This is how I should live. I should be a person of praise because Jesus is the reason for breathing. So Psalm 150, let's do it together. Uh, six verses. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We should probably do that. Why don't you just give the Lord some praise? Can we do that? Let's just not read that. Amen, amen, amen. <clears throat> We're going to be worshiping today, okay? I hope you're ready. I hope you came ready for some worship this morning. You know, I love the end of this psalm here, Psalm 150, <clears throat> because if you read, there's 150 psalms, okay? That's why last one's 150. And if you read through the psalms, it ends really like on a high note here, but if you are any aware at all of the Psalms, if not, let me show you. The Psalms are like a roller coaster. Things are really great, things get really terrible. The guy writing it or the person writing it or the people writing it are really happy and then they're really upset. They're ruling over kingdoms and then people are trying to kill them. It's just the whole thing, okay? The, the human experience, really happy, really sad, frustrated, depressed, angry, joyful, excited, exuberant. It's just like this, up and down, up and down, the whole thing. And then it ends with a final word of praise. Now, think about that for you in our life to say, what has 2020 been like? Or maybe what has your life been like, right? It's like this, it's a roller coaster. Things are up, things are down, things are good, things are bad. I'm happy and I'm sad. I'm joyful and I'm depressed. I'm hopeful and I'm anxious. And all these things are happening up and down. Circumstances are going well. Circumstances are going terrible. I have a bunch of friends. Everybody I love betrayed me. All of these different things are happening in our life. It's the roller coaster, which the Psalms can relate to. But what we learn is no matter how things are going, the most appropriate fitting ending is praise. That's the final word. That's the seal on the story. That is the way things go to say, even if life is a roller coaster, as 2020 has been, even if things are up and down and everywhere in between, the most appropriate, the most fitting response to God on the mountaintops or in the valleys is praise. That's the most fitting response. And for you and for me to come here this morning and to end our year, that's why we focus on the Psalms during this Advent season. As we said, in light of what 2020 has been like, we want to intentionally close our year with praise. We're going to be intentional. We're going to make a decision, a dedication, and we're going to be resolved to say no matter what, we will praise the Lord. We will praise the Lord. This is what this is all about. Mountaintops, valleys, good things, bad things, that we will praise the Lord. This is what the psalm is teaching us to do in our life. 
to praise the Lord, the good and the bad. And so we're gonna take this series and the close of this series, and we're gonna join together, and we're gonna say, no matter what the year has been like, we will close the year with praise. We will close the year with praise. So let me give you a sum of this passage. It's this, God is worthy to be praised. This is very simple. Everywhere, with everything, by everyone. That's it, that's how the Psalms close this whole thing out. This is probably one of the most core messages of the Bible. God is worthy to be praised everywhere with everything by everyone. Everywhere with everything by everyone. God is worthy to be praised. So we're gonna do that here in this text. So the first part, everywhere, look at verse one. Praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, Praise him in his mighty heavens. Basically what he's saying is on earth and in heaven, which is exactly what Jesus taught us to pray, to say let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the sanctuary and in the heavens, on earth and in heaven, in the church, in the house, and in my home, in the neighborhood, and in my street, in my family, and in my friend circle, with my lips and my house, let it praise the Lord. That's the point of this passage is everywhere. God is worthy to be praised everywhere on earth and in heaven. And part of the desire of God's people and part of what God is doing on the earth is to create a people who love God, who create the reality of heaven here on earth. To say if God is constantly 24-7 praised in heaven, then we're going to join in that and make it a reality here as much as we can, everywhere. God is worthy to be praised everywhere. Now, this is important because it should create a burning heart for you and for me to say, Do, does my heart burn for God to be praised where he currently is not? See what I'm saying? Now it says God is worthy to be praised everywhere. And you say, yes, Lord. But now the challenge comes to say, well, what is your role in helping to take the praise of God to all places? What does that look like for you and for me to say as we close 2020 and as we advance towards 2021 to say God is worthy to be praised everywhere and God has given me particular assignments, particular locations, particular geographical influence, particular relationships and to say if the goal of my life is to create the reality on earth as it is in heaven, then I need to join God in creating his praise in my circles of influence, in my places where I live, and the places where I work and the place where I serve and the place where I go do whatever it is that I do during the week to say God is worthy to be praised everywhere and that truth should drive the heart of your evangelism and your desire to see people reach for Christ. Does your heart burn for God to be praised in places where he is not? Does your heart burn for that? God is worthy to be praised everywhere. The second thing is God is worthy to be praised with everything. With everything. Look in verse 2. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. And then the next several verses go on to describe different instruments. We're going to praise God. This is so important. According to who he is, excellent greatness, and what he has done, mighty deeds. And so as we're thinking about why do I praise the Lord, once again, Christmas is an incredible reminder for us to take a moment and to remember why God is worthy of my praise. 
that though me and you and every human being on the earth have been separated from God because of our sin, and the punishment for sin is death, particularly death separated from God forever in a place called hell, and that's the condition of the human race, our greatest problem. The Christmas story is that Jesus loves you enough, God loves you enough to create a solution to your greatest problem. And now the greatest mighty deed, the greatest act of excellent greatness towards you and me is that God would decide to send his son Jesus to live a perfect life, die on the cross, be raised again from the dead, so that if anyone would believe in him, that person could have everlasting life. This is the truth that we're reminded of this Christmas to say God humbled himself in the form of a baby, became a man, kicked the dirt with you and for me because of his love for us. And part of my eagerness this morning and always is that our response to God would match the reality of what God has done. This is the greatest thing anybody could ever do for you. And for us who have received the free gift of salvation in Jesus, who no longer have to worry about suffering and eternal punishment and hell separated from God forever, for us to have received that and then be ho-hum about it is a completely, completely contradictory thought. To be like, yeah, I don't have to go to hell because of what somebody else has done. Now I can go to heaven and it's, even though I still stink. Like, what? This doesn't make any sense. And so for you and for me to say, this is the most amazing thing that could ever be done for me and for my heart to get reconnected to that. That's what we're gonna see here. Something for you to write down. Extravagant greatness requires extravagant praise. Our expression of praise, hear this, should be according to his expression of love. So extravagant greatness requires extravagant praise. My expression of praise should be in line with, according to his expression of love. So when God expresses his love for me in dying on the cross and paying for my sins and giving me eternal life through belief and trust in him and then giving me his Holy Spirit to seal that and guide me in this life, then my response to him ought to be in line with that. To say, you're so excellent and extravagant and amazing. And so now I respond to you in light of that. So the question for you and for me is, does our expression of praise match God's expression of love? Does your expression of praise make sense in light of what Christ has done? Does your expression of praise match God's mercy and grace and tenderness and patience with you? Does your expression of praise match God's expression of love? This is our necessary response to Jesus. Psalm 150 ought to be a normative way of life. That's what's so important about this, is it's not a culmination of life, it's a normative practice, it's a normative way to view and to respond to Jesus, because the reality is always the same, that Jesus died and rose again for you. And once you've trusted in that, that is sealed, and no matter what happens in your circumstances or in your life, that reality remains the same, and so now praising God should be a normal practice. This should be an everyday way of life, our necessary response to God. Now here's what I love about this. Because of his mighty deeds and excellent greatness, here's something for you to write down. We ought to praise the Lord. This is good. He is worthy, and we get to praise the Lord. He is wonderful. You see what happens here? Mighty deeds, excellent greatness. To say we ought to praise the Lord, he is worthy. He is excellently great. 
praising God, as a matter of fact, eventually will not be a choice. And the Bible says, Philippians 2, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so we ought to praise the Lord. As a matter of fact, we are commanded by our Creator to praise the Lord. It is an obligation on our life to dedicate ourselves to praise the Lord. And if we think we have a choice in that now, we may feel mistaken because one day God's going to not give you a choice anymore and he's going to demand and require it when it's too late. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. We ought to praise the Lord. He is worthy, he is great, he is deserving. Now what does this do? This is so helpful. This takes all your feelings and emotions and all that stuff for a second that's gonna be important, that's gonna come back. It takes it out of it in a second to say, your response to God is an obligation. It's a duty. It's a command, right? And so if I tell my kid to go clean up his room and he says, I don't feel like it, my response is, that don't matter. I don't care about your feelings right now. You gotta clean your room. It's a command. And for us to say, not only am I, am I seeking a, a, a connection, an emotional response to Jesus, of course I am, but at the same time, I'm considering an obligation, a duty as his servant to give him his praise. It's what he is owed and is what is commanded of me. And now this helps me center that as a discipline, as a resolve to say no matter what happens in my life or how my life goes or how I'm feeling about things, because of what Christ has done, I have made a decision to be obedient. I ought to praise him because he is worthy. But also I get to praise him because he is wonderful. You see here, his mighty deeds, so his excellent greatness which is true no matter what. He will be excellently great if he never does anything nice to you. He will always be great regardless of your involvement in the world. God is great and greatly to be praised. That's it, that's true all the time. But on top of that, he has decided to act mightily towards us. He has decided to be wonderful in his kindness towards us. He has decided to be patient with you. He has decided to be merciful to you. He has decided to not judge you according to your sins because of your faith in Christ. He has decided to separate your sins as far as the east is from the west. He has decided to do that to you. He has been mighty in his mercy towards you. God has mighty deeds and that is why we get to praise him. I ought to praise the Lord, he is worthy, regardless of what happens to me. I get to praise the Lord, he is wonderful, he has been overly kind and generous, patient, loving, merciful, and gracious to me. And so now my praise becomes a consistent practice because I'm pursuing an emotional connection to God because I'm constantly thinking about how good he is to me and my heart rises in affection for him and so I praise. But also it's a duty and a discipline and a practice to say God is worthy of my praise even if I'm not connected to this truth right now, I'm going to, as an act of faith, make an intentional decision to give him praise. It's a decision, it's a decision. So we ought to praise the Lord, he is worthy. We get to praise the Lord. He is wonderful. Now here's something important. I love how this plays out. So verses three through five are basically like, if I just ran around stage and just grabbed everything and started So imagine all my kids are on stage and they're just running around and they're going ding, 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 boom, 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 you know? Uh, which they do, sorry Manny for messing up your keyboard sometimes, but uh, they, they do this, all right, and they come up here and they're like da 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 da, and my eight year old's actually pretty good on the drums. If I had any rhythm whatsoever, I could help him, but I can't. So he's figuring it out by himself for now and he's doing a good job. But they're up there and they're just grabbing everything they can. They just wanna play it, they just wanna do it, they just wanna feel what it's like, they wanna give, uh, they just wanna, they wanna have the experience. And for you to see this, 
And it's like this, obviously it's gonna sound better, it's gonna be in, in uh, coordination with one another, but there's this sense in which it's like, whatever I can find, I'm gonna use that to praise. Here's, here's something for us. When we know what we are praising God for, we will use anything we can to praise him with. See what I'm saying? So often we've mixed it and said, I'm gonna focus on how, the how of my praise as opposed to the why of my praise. And when I'm so captivated by what God has done, my heart wants to just grab the guitar and go, da, 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 even though I can't sing. Because I'm so captivated by what God has done for me, I want to use anything I can to praise him because now I'm focusing on what I'm praising God for and the natural response now is to praise him with. God is so great, so I'm gonna grab the trumpet, the lute, the heart, the tambourine, I'm gonna dance. I'm gonna grab strings and a pipe. I'm gonna grab cymbals. I'm gonna grab loud clashing cymbals. Because God is so great, my response to him is gonna be, I'm gonna grab anything I can. Now, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about one of my little kids, she's two, almost two, and she's entering into a stage uh, where, you know, she's sweet most of the time, but she has some fits now, you know, she gets a little upset. Uh, they say terrible twos, I've never had terrible two, but this might be it, okay? So she just gets mad for no reason. She's like super sweet and cute, and then boom, she's just upset for no reason, like literally no reason. So she'll walk around the house, and then she'll just start crying, you know? Nothing happened to her, nothing. And she gets pouty, and she's like, hmm, hmm, you know? She's two, she knows how to pout, it's amazing, you know? And she does this, hmm. I'm like, what? who taught you that? How do you instinctively know how to do that? Nobody at home does that. You know, it's amazing. So it's once again, having kids is such a reminder. You don't have to keep, teach kids how to do bad. You have to teach them how to do good, right? It's so instinctive to do the wrong thing. Instinctive, right? We're all sinners, okay? If you don't believe it, just have some children, all right? We're all sinners <laughs> automatically 100% from birth, okay? Nobody has to sit down there and say, okay, I need you to get upset and angry and hit somebody right now. That's what you should do. No, they just do it, okay? So anyways, she gets all upset. She pouts around the house. And now what we've noticed is she'll walk around and she's like, you know, she's just feeling angry. You know how it is when your body is just overwhelmed. She's just upset, you know? And so she's walking around the house. She's like this tall, you know? So she's walking around the house like, and it's just so cute, you know? It's hard to even get mad at her. But she's, she does this thing where she's trying to find anything she can to throw it. She just wants to express her anger. She's got to get it out, you know? And so she'll just storm around the house, and she'll just pick stuff up, and she'll just pick stuff, whatever it is. Like, whoa, not that, not that, you know? And she's just walking around the house. She's so filled with that rage, she's got to find a place to let it out, and she'll grab anything she can to use it to express how she's feeling, doesn't matter what it is. And now I want you to think about that for your own life, to say we ought to be so filled with the praise and love and adoration for God that we will grab anything we can to praise him with. Anything we can. I'll grab my checkbook. I'll grab my schedule. I'll grab my hands. And my, I'll grab an instrument. I'll grab whatever it is I got. Whatever it is I got, I'm going to grab it because I got to praise him. I have to. You know what I'm saying? You're just so like, I have to do it. I have to do it. And so no matter how I can do it, whatever I have to grab, whatever I have in my life, Whatever I have, because worship is not just singing, worship is a lifestyle. And so if I'm going to praise the Lord, it's not just going to happen on a Sunday morning or when I put on some Jesus music or whatever. I'm going to praise the Lord with everything that I have. And so to recognize what God is and why he's so worthy of my praise should create this reality in which I, have to, I just have to praise him, whatever it looks like. 
So does it look like coming to serve? Does it look like making coffee? Does it look like going out into the community? Does it look like giving more generously? Does it look like spending more of my time doing this and that? Does it look like waking up earlier so I can get more time with him? What does it look like in my life? What do I have that God has given me? How can I use it to praise him? How can I use the mouth God has given me to praise him? Not just in church, but everywhere I go. How can I use the feet God has given me to praise him? The hands God has given me to praise him. How can I use anything God has given me, the people, the relationships, the influence, anything to praise him and for us to be zealous to just grab anything we can and say i have to praise him i have to praise him lord how can i use what i've got when we know what we are praising god for we will use anything we can to praise him with god is worthy to be praised with everything and finally god is worthy to be praised by everyone so everywhere with everything by everyone look at verse six let everything that has breath praise the lord praise the lord Here's something simple for you to take home and live by, that your purpose is his praise. That's it. I'm gonna simplify your life right now and take it down to the very essence of why you exist. Why are you here? What is the reason for breathing? Why has God given you another day and another chance? Why has God given you breath in your lungs today? Why do you still exist? And at the very core of that purpose, at the very core reason as to why you're here right now, no matter if you came in here, you don't even know Christ and you walked in here, you don't even come to church. The same purpose is true for all of us to say, God has put you on this planet to praise him. Your purpose is his praise. Your purpose is his praise. And you will never find fulfillment in life until you join God in your purpose. Come on, so many of you are so upset by things happening around you because that's where you're finding your current places of fulfillment and joy and peace. You think, if I get things settled in this situation and that situation, if life goes this way or that way, if things get better in this way, then, then I will find my purpose, then I will find fulfillment. And what I want you to know from here is God has given you breath for one central main reason, the reason for your breathing is that you would praise the Lord that you would praise him with your life, that you would praise him with your lips, that you would praise him with everything that you have. This is your purpose. And your purpose remains the same whether 2021 goes better or worse. As a matter of fact, a lot of times God uses bad circumstances in the lives of his people to show the world that we still praise and love him. You know, I enjoy good circumstances, but those are not the things I need to praise God. I don't praise God because he makes things good around me. And a lot of times God is winnowing us and teaching us to say, I'm worthy of your praise because of what I've done and who I am, regardless of how things are going for you currently. And for you and for me to say my purpose and my fulfillment and everything that I'm here to do should center around the praise of God. And if I live my life for any other reason, I will be dissatisfied, frustrated, constantly empty, running out of gas, and I will not find the reason for which I live and exist, and I will miss it. And God wants today to remind you that you have breath to praise the Lord. So the Christmas story closes, um, opens like this. It's a praise story. Look in uh, Luke chapter 2 as we close right now. Verse 10 says, the angel said to them, fear not. So this is the angels coming to announce the birth of Jesus. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel of a multitude of a heavenly host praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace amongst those whom, with whom he is pleased. And so we learn from the Christmas story that Jesus entered into the world with praise, that he came into the world 
to get praise and that he has created you now to give him praise. This is the story, this is the Christmas story. This is why we celebrate, it's because Jesus came and did a mighty thing. He died for your sins and he rose again from the dead. That's why we celebrate. And then for us to say, my response, with my breath, with my life, with my schedule, with my resources, with my time, with my energy, with my social circle, with my relationships, is to praise him. This is it, this is it. And so I close the year with praise because that's why I'm here. And I go into 2021 ready to praise because that's why I'll be there. And if things go up and they go down and they go right and they go left, I still have the same focus that keeps me focused, the same purpose that keeps me focused to praise him. And so if you're here today and this isn't you and you haven't trusted and believed in Jesus, this is why he came. This is why he brought you here this morning. This is why we celebrate Christmas. And I hope that today you learn to trust and believe in Christ. And for those of you that are here that have trusted in Jesus, remember, this is your main purpose. This is why you're here. This is what he wants to do in and through your life. And so let's pray together and respond to Jesus in song. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We praise you. And Lord, just now, even as we sing, God, may it not just be routine or something we do in church, God, would you connect with our hearts May we praise you for your goodness and love and mercy that you've poured out on us. We thank you for this time to celebrate that Christ really has come into the world. He really did live a perfect life, die for our sins and raise again from the dead. It really is true that if we trust in him, we have eternal life and this changes everything. So Lord, I pray that that reality, God would take deep root in our heart and that our praise to you would be in response to that. So Lord, we love you, we honor you, be lifted up in this place. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Why don't you respond to the Lord with us?